Welcome to Wonder, a podcast for curious kids. Hello, Wonder. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to move halfway across the world and start a whole new life? One morning in June 1948, a large ship cruised up the Thames estuary towards London. The Empire Windrush had spent three weeks crossing the Atlantic and had covered nearly 5,000 miles. Journalists and film crews crowded onto the dock to record the momentous day. On board were 800 passengers from the Caribbean. Black people had been present in Britain for centuries, but the arrival of the Windrush marked a turning point in modern British history. There was a labour shortage in the UK. Huge numbers of men had died fighting in the Second World War. People were being encouraged to come from all parts of the British Empire and the Commonwealth to rebuild Britain, to work in the transport system, in factories and the newly created National Health Service. A month earlier, The Windrush was on its way home to England when it stopped off in Kingston, the capital of Jamaica. The ship was half empty, so an advert was placed in a local newspaper offering cheap transport to London. There were 300 places for anyone wishing to travel. The basic fare was £28 and 10 shillings, equivalent to five weeks' wages or £1,000 in today's money. Many who saw the advert were ex-soldiers, sailors and airmen. During the war, 10,000 men from the West Indies, another name for this area of the world, had joined the British armed forces to fight against Hitler. Other adventurous young men and women from the Caribbean also fancied trying their luck. They wanted to see the motherland which they'd heard so much about, so bought a ticket. They had been told the streets of London were paved with gold, jobs were plentiful and evenings would be spent playing in calypso and jazz bands. They had been told they would be welcome. Amongst their number was a builder, a carpenter, a trainee accountant, a farm worker, a tailor, a welder, a spray painter, a boxer, a musician, a mechanic, a valet, a calypso singer and a law student. Also a hatter a potter, two hairdressers, two actresses, two piano repairers, two missionaries, three boxers, five artists and six house painters. When the ship dropped anchor at Tilbury Docks in Essex on the 22nd of June, the passengers were dressed in their Sunday best to mark the historic occasion. The London Evening Standard sent a plane to photograph the ship's arrival. Welcome home, shouted the headlines. Many passengers had only brought a single suitcase with them, filled with light clothes, perfect for the Caribbean, but not the grey British weather, when even in midsummer you might need an overcoat. Life in Britain would seem very gloomy after the sunshine and warm beaches of the West Indies. The country was recovering from the devastation of the war. Five years of aerial bombardment had left cities in ruins. Whole neighbourhoods had been flattened. The UK government 
was in two minds about the ship's arrival. On the one hand, they badly needed the extra workers, but they were also worried about how a new black population would be welcomed. One rude minister even said, These people have British passports and must be allowed to land. But there's nothing to worry about, because they won't last one winter in England. Over 200 Windrush passengers did not have a job to go to or a place to live. They were temporarily housed in a wartime air raid shelter at Clapham South Underground Station in London. The nearest labour exchange or job centre was two miles away in Brixton. So many people decided to settle there. To this day, Brixton remains one of Britain's most important and vibrant Caribbean communities. West Indians had to deal with racism and ignorance. They were judged on the colour of their skin rather than their abilities. The NHS had just been created, so there were opportunities for nurses, midwives, porters, cleaners and cooks. There was work on the buses, on the railways, in factories, in the postal service and on building sites. But many other companies refused to employ black people. For the Windrush arrivals and thousands of others who followed, they had to accept jobs they were overqualified for. The only places available to live were in the bombed-out inner cities. Some landlords in better areas refused to rent to black people. Insulting signs could be seen hanging in windows. Rooms to let, no dogs, no coloureds. Whole families could be crammed into a single room. West Indians were denied access to pubs, clubs and even churches. Those who made that epic sea voyage thought they might stay for five years before returning to the Caribbean. But most went on to spend their whole lives in Britain, raising families, putting down roots and made it a far more diverse and multicultural society. Windrush Day is marked each year on the 22nd of June. It celebrates the British Caribbean community and commemorates what is now called the Windrush Generation. They didn't just help rebuild Britain, they also made a huge contribution to British culture, sport, fashion, politics and music. They were the parents and grandparents of comedian Lenny Henry, writer Zadie Smith, footballers Ian Wright and Marcus Rashford, and the little mix singer Leanne Pinnock. And what happened to the ship that lent its name to a generation? The Empire Windrush caught fire and sank in the Mediterranean in 1954. Meanwhile, the West Indian community lives and flourishes, despite those early hardships. How would you feel leaving your friends and family and travelling thousands of miles across the ocean to start a new life? This episode of The Wonder Podcast was read to you by Suzette Llewellyn and recorded to mark Windrush Day. It was written by Henrietta McMicking and produced by Camilla Akers-Douglas. 